Hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? It's really uh, actually an amazing miracle what the Lord has done and uh, that we have the opportunity uh, to partner with New Hope, uh, World Hope, and um, go and do a massive crusade with government approval, authorization, and protection. <laughs> Hallelujah. Healing evangelistic crusade in Vietnam. So God is very, very kind. Wonderful Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your kindness. Lord, you are good and your mercy endures forever. Lord, I ask that your Holy Spirit, you'd speak to us, encourage us and help us. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said, Amen. Well, I wanted to share a short word with you today. We've been speaking about, for the last few weeks, about righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. That the kingdom of God is not about food or drink, but about righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And righteousness leads to supernatural peace. And supernatural peace leads to supernatural joy. Hallelujah. So I want to share a little more on that today because I believe the Holy Spirit is really wanting to encourage us. We are living, I believe, in the sovereign move of the Holy Spirit right now. That the Lord is moving. I can feel him moving on my heart with such a grace where it's as though it's a, it's a supernatural revival, grace that I'm feeling. Every time we get together, all I want to do is surrender. Oh, just want to give you everything, Jesus. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? You can feel it. This is a grace to surrender. And we want to be, be uh, careful, too, that we steward what the Lord's doing and not take it for granted but to recognize what the Holy Spirit's doing and to cooperate with him, to recognize out the invitation that the Lord is inviting us into, uh, his, the move of his spirit, he's inviting us into deeper and deeper fellowship and communion with him. Uh, so that's why we're going to be doing this uh, fast this week. Please feel no oblig obligation to join us, but I would encourage you uh, to sign up and receive those little emails every day. Uh, I'm going to be doing it with Tom. We've got an event you know, during the week where we can't, we'll have to eat once during the week, but uh, actually twice. But we're going to have to do we're going to have to do a Daniel fast for those things, and there's no condemnation for anybody. If you've got events already sorted out that you have to have to go to, that's okay. But if if there's some way that you can join with us, uh, you know we're we're looking forward to it actually. Um, and just I like to look at fasting as not abstaining from food as much as an opportunity for a spiritual retreat. So I get to have some time to just to, to replace those meal times with asking and fellowship times, feasting on the word of God times. And you know, I was just lying in bed this morning and taking some extra time before I got out of bed just to ask about all the things that were going on in my heart and my head and just giving it to the Lord and realizing there's so many things that I'd like to ask him for. There's so many people I'd like to ask for. And uh, a fast is a wonderful opportunity to really have that time of a spiritual retreat with the Lord, even in the midst of our everyday lives. So I do encourage you. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Would you like to turn with me uh, to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22? The book of Hebrews is so beautiful. And I do encourage you just to enjoy the word of God. Let it 
wash over you and feed you. Verse 22 here says this, Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. It's amazing. The blood of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. His blood is greater than that of bulls and goats, as you can read about in Hebrews there. His blood meant that we would no longer just have to be, you know, getting our sins covered. We would actually have, have the power through the blood of Jesus to have our guilty conscience dealt with so that we would no longer have to feel guilty. And that's an amazing thing. It's impossible to really walk in supernatural peace and feel guilty at the same time. But the glorious good news is that as we come to Christ with our sin, we can have full assurance of faith as, as we exchange it that we have righteousness, we have complete forgiveness, and we have power to actually even forgive ourselves and walk with a, a clean conscience that comes from the washing of Jesus' precious blood. Amen? Amen? You know, I've spoken a little bit about a guilty conscience. We don't walk around saying, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ while, while still living in habitual sin and, uh, and suggesting that just by saying it, somehow we, we become clean. We must recognize that God has given us a conscience with a purpose. So it's to help us recognize the difference between good and evil. If you do something wrong, don't just sort of pretend that it didn't happen. Recognize it. Identify it. Because it's a way of training your conscience to become more sensitive and more tender. Hallelujah. Don't just live with guilt. As soon as you feel it, identify it. Go, what do I feel guilty about? If you've done something wrong, identify it. Say, Lord, I did that. I shouldn't have done that. Sorry, that's not good. I give it to you. Thank you, Jesus. You took my punishment for that. And I don't have to have that in my life anymore. I exchange that and receive your cleansing of my guilty conscience. Hallelujah. So now I can have a clean conscience before you. Thank you, Lord. So that you, you give it up and you receive in exchange the mercy of God. Hallelujah. So guilt is good, but you only if you deal with it in the right way. We're not to live with a constantly guilty conscience and condemnation because you'll never walk in supernatural peace. You'll never walk in supernatural joy if you're living and constantly walking around with guilt and condemnation. We need to bring it to the Lord and exchange it. Amen. A clean conscience is so powerful, and it's a gift from Jesus. So I want to spend a little bit more time today talking about supernatural peace, what it means to live in the peace of God. God's heart for us isn't that we would be uh, continually anxious and worried. A lot of people today are very stressed, and we become habitually stressed it's as though even when something gets sorted out, it's, it's you, you're looking for the next thing. And, and, and we can live without realizing it in the absence of the supernatural peace that is our inheritance. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. You'll notice that when the Lord says that, 
he doesn't add in, it's peace, joy, and lots of care. He says, cast your cares on me because I care for you. Righteousness, that's, oh, hooray, being able to be clean, have a clean conscience, not be guilty. I mean, I suggest that there are people in the body of Christ who've never actually allowed themselves to enjoy the feeling of actually being clean and righteous. Because they've lived in a place where they've thought, that's only something I can do if I've achieved it. But the just have to live by faith. Faith is something that we are called to walk in actively. To, with a full assurance of faith, we're called to lay hold of it and say, thank you, God. This is the truth. I'm not going to be led about by my emotions. I'm not going to be led about by every suggestion and thought that the enemy wants to bring my way. I'm going to walk in the faith of what God says. Hallelujah. God's the boss, not every thought that might try to come through the airways. I've been given the power by the Holy Spirit to walk in self-control, which can say, hey, self, don't buy that lie. Hey, self, you're not identified by this. I'm going to tell you some truth. It's no longer you who live, but Christ who lives in you. You've been washed by the blood of the Lamb. You've confessed your sin, and he is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all sin. You are identified now not by your behavior or by your performance. You are identified by Christ. You are walking by faith. Hallelujah. You are called to walk in the faith of God that says it doesn't matter how I feel because the Bible tells me, even if my heart condemns me, you are greater than my heart. So I'm going to come into agreement with your heart for me, which says I'm clean. Hallelujah. Some people need to actually deliberately go to war to embrace this truth by faith and it will unlock for you a life of peace like you've never known before. Stress, anxiety, condemnation can often be linked to our failure to recognize the blessing and the privilege of being able to walk by faith in righteousness. Hallelujah. We must be the just the righteous who live actively, laying hold of it, refusing to give ground to the enemy's lies. Live by faith. When the enemy wants to bring in thoughts, we've got to recognize that's coming from him. If a negative thought is coming from him, it's, it's not good. If, if you're uh, seeing the, the wonderful things that the Lord's doing, we'll say, that's the Lord's doing. It's marvelous in our eyes. I take no credit for that. But in the same way, if the enemy starts to bring in all these negative thoughts, you can say, hey, I'm not taking credit for that either, and I'm not going to have it. Hallelujah. I'll give glory to God, and I'll resist the devil. And then we deliberately decide, what is my life based on? My life is grounded on the rock, Jesus Christ. It is not built on my efforts. It's not built on my performance. It's not built on any definition, but Christ alone. Hallelujah. Can I hear an amen? amen. Hallelujah. Well, a lot of people too, they live in the absence of peace. Although it is the will of God for them to walk in it, but because they are embracing the world's ways of a stress-filled life that's saying, why God, why, when God, when, how God, how, how's it going to happen? I, you know, if I just let my thoughts go and exercise no self-control, 
I can have a tendency to worry and be anxious and think about, well, what's going to happen? How's that going to happen? What about this? And da, 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 da. And my mind is filled with things and stuff. But that is not the heart of God for me. Sometimes, especially if I was having conversations before I'd go to sleep about things that had to happen and I'd be looking at emails and da-da-da, I'd be going, oh, what could do this and how are we going to do that and what, what if that happens and who's going to take care of that and how are we going to do this? Then my mind would get going and I'd not be able to sleep properly. Well, this isn't the will of God for our lives. Hallelujah. His ways are better than our ways. He wants us to live in perfect peace and he tells us, what we can do about that. If you look at Philippians chapter 4, I won't turn there right now, but he says, be anxious for nothing. Instead, in everything, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God and the peace of God will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. He tells us exactly what to do with all those anxious thoughts. It's a good thing, actually, to take time before you get out of bed in the morning just to think, Lord, I just want to begin to ask you some things. I want to give you uh, my burdens. I want to talk through some of the things that are on my mind. Okay, God, well, I'm a bit concerned about this. And I ask him deliberately, would you, would you take care of that? I need this to happen, Father. And I thank you, your will is for this to happen. So, Lord, I, I give that to you. And I begin to make requests. Lord, I'm asking for this person that I'm concerned about. Or I'm asking for this situation. And as I ask him, and I start getting happy and think, this is awesome. This is awesome. It's such a privilege to be able to ask you and give it all to you. Hallelujah. And the more I ask, the more I recognize I've got to ask. Hallelujah. And I can keep going until my heart is clear and I'm no longer worried or anxious. Hallelujah. It's simply the scriptural principle of living in relationship with the one who didn't create you to carry it all. He says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. If your burden is feeling very heavy, then you need to share it with Jesus. A lot of the time we're weighed down, weighed down by our burdens because we're not actually sharing it with the one who wants to carry it for us. He wants to be our great helper, but we sometimes can forget or get so busy, caught up trying to figure it all out, that he actually wants to be our solution. He wants to be our great hero. He wants to hear you make requests and give thanks to him because he wants to show himself strong on your behalf. Amen? Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 6, verse 31. says this. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? I have teenage daughters. What shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. This is the will of God for you. That you don't get caught up in the temptation that the enemy is out there fishing. He is fishing to hook your thoughts and take you on a train of stress, anxiety, and fear, and worry. 
He's out there all the time looking, seeking whom he may devour. He is out there trying to hook you with thoughts. Come on, let's think about what, oh, let's think about that. He says, hey, don't you worry about tomorrow. Anything you're concerned about, talk to me about. I'll take care of it. Now give thanks and let the peace of God rule in your heart. Now set your mind on things above. We must learn to start resisting the enemy when he comes in like that. If it's not pure, lovely, and of a good report, then you can recognize this isn't flowing from the heart of Father, who is very much the Prince of Peace. Hallelujah. As we begin to prioritize our relationship with God... He says, as you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, <sighs> remember, fighting, deliberately walking in that supernatural revelation, I have been forgiven, I am clean. At, at keeping short accounts with God and walking with a clean and tender conscience before him. Seek it first, seek first the kingdom of God, which is righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit and all these things will be added to you. You know, it's amazing when you start to do that, as you start to prioritize relationship with God in your life, you become much more productive, fruitful, peaceful than you could ever otherwise be. It's remarkable. As I've been um, spending a lot more time recently uh, listening to the Word of God, studying the Word of God, being very diligent to want to uh, really study it and enjoy it, I've, I've been finding the Lord drawing me deeper and deeper into His Word. I find myself having random thoughts that just come from him that are such good ideas. And I know these ideas have not come from me because they are really good ideas. And he backs it up. And I'm recognizing that as I'm prioritizing him, seeking first the kingdom, he's coming and he's giving me ideas that would are so much better than if I'd spent hours and hours trying to make it happen. I was reading uh, Mark Verkler's book, Dialogue with God, recently. And uh, Joel Shaw, Joel and Candace are still in the UK. They'll be back soon. Praise the Lord. We love them, but we miss them doing wonderful things over there. Uh, he was talking about this book, so it sounded so good. I thought I'll read it. Encourage you all to have a look at it. It's very beautiful. Dialogue with God by Mark Verkler. Uh, but he was talking about... Um, a passage in Luke chapter 5. And I want to share that with you right now. It's uh, Luke chapter 5. It's a story of when Jesus met Peter. It says here, So it was, as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he'd stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we've toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. 
When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me for I'm a sinful man, Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish, fish with the, which they'd taken. And so were also even James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So when they'd brought the boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. I, I was fascinated as looking at this passage and realizing, wow. Peter and his team had been out there, or Simon had been out there fishing all night. They'd caught nothing. They'd done it at the right time. You know, they'd done everything they knew how to do, and they just didn't have a win. They just didn't catch anything. And then this preacher comes along. He's got this big following and says, jumps in his boat and says, hey, just put out a little bit. I'm going to preach. So Simon goes, all right. I mean, it looks interesting, I guess. There's so many people. And Jesus just began to teach the word of God, the word of God that caught people's hearts. And after he's done, he says, hey, let's put out in the deep and we'll, we'll go catch some fish. And these experienced fishermen who know very well, you know, this time of day is very unlikely to catch fish. And we've been out there at the right time of day and caught nothing. But because you say so, we'll do it. When you start valuing the word of God, just like Peter did, and this is what Mark Berkler was bringing out, when you start valuing the rhema word of God, when you start prioritizing it, taking time to let him speak to you, let him impact your heart, he can then give you a, a rhema word that will cause you to be more productive than you could ever or otherwise have been. And so they went out and they caught all these fish. And, you know, it's amazing that as we begin to prioritize relationship with God, prioritize seeking him, studying him, enjoying the word of God, how the Holy Spirit will help us speak to us and sort these things out that we've been anxious and worried about and just give us a sovereign solution. At times when I've... I've come into worship it often happens to me in corporate worship as we just prioritize seeking his face suddenly the lord will speak something to me that i've been wrestling about for weeks and weeks boom he'll just do a one-liner in my heart or show me something and oh, wow fixes everything sorts everything out gives me a promise that such brings so much peace to my heart or he'll show me something or, or sovereignly download a revelation that I haven't had before. And I have found that as we prioritize his presence, prioritize his word in our lives, he is the one that will give you those God ideas, that will give you that sovereign revelation, he'll give you that sovereign key and sovereign uh, divine initiatives that are actually flowing from his heart. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added. Now, it's a good thing to work, excellent thing to work. In fact, the Bible loves to talk about, you know, it's good for a man to work. If he doesn't work, he shouldn't eat. You know, it's a good thing. So I'm not suggesting that you quit your jobs and, and just spend all the time praying and fasting. But it is a good thing to live a lifestyle in the midst of our working, in the midst of our living, in the midst of our serving day by day, 
in whatever capacity you're called to as a mom, whatever you're called to do, as you are committing yourself to, to him to, to say, I want to prioritize you in my heart, that he's your first thought and your last thought as you go to sleep. If instead of, you know, spending the majority of your rest downtime scrolling through Facebook, you actually just changed your habit and started scrolling through scripture, watch and see how, what God will do. And I'm not against social media, but I, I do want to suggest that if we are really hungry and thirsty for him, you can start to tweak your life to really begin to prioritize the word of God so that it begins to impact your heart. And I've watched and seen the fruit of it in my own life. The productivity increases, the joy, the peace increases. Hallelujah. If you're meditating on what everybody else is doing, your next natural thought is, is how do I compare and how am I going to get my life to start looking like their life? And da, 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 da. Am I talking the truth? You know, the scripture actually talks about that. It says here in Romans chapter 8, verse 5, he says this, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Hallelujah. There is freedom. You've just got to choose it. You've just got to choose what you do with your time. You are free. You have been set free to live free. You can choose every day how you live your life. But if you will deliberately prioritize the word of God in your heart, if you'll deliberately every day prioritize thinking about him, looking to him, creating habits in your life that are healthy and prioritizing him, you will see the glorious fruit manifested in your life. Amen? You know, I've, I've got uh, habits that are built into my life. There's a few things I've got to do every day. I've got to get dressed. So I have a habit when I get dressed of uh, listening to worship and engaging in worship or putting on some audio Bible or listening to a podcast. I like to make sure that I'm stewarding my time. If I'm in the car by myself, I like to be able to pray in tongues. And, you know, you can build it into your life as well as having special times with the Lord, which you, you must do. It's too beautiful not to. Hallelujah. Uh, God can help you. He wants to teach you. The Holy Spirit wants to help you to prioritize him so that you can actually live in the abundant life that he has for you, the supernatural peace that he desires for us to walk in. Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3 says this. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. What a promise. Perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. But there is so many fishing hooks the enemy has laid out in your life to try and take your mind down all sorts of tracks and you've got to recognize it. Hang on. That's something that's going to get my mind stayed, not on him, but on other things. That's what I'm talking about with the, with the social media. If, you, if it's your habit that that's what you do every time you relax or read or whatever, then 
you can then start to have your mind stayed on how does my life compare with everybody else? What am I going to do about that? I've got to be a bit anxious. Well, I'm not really doing very well. I should try harder. I should do this. And all of a sudden, you can start to get anxious. But if instead you just... You, everyone's got... Well, not everyone, but a lot of people got smartphones these days. Instead of opening it up and, and you know checking, checking Facebook, you opened it up and you just began to read the Word of God deliberately and study it. You can get study Bibles and all sorts of things on your phone. And as you just begin to enjoy it, feed it, feed on it. I mean, I've got this audio Bible that I'll, I'll, I'll sometimes I'll listen to it on audio. Sometimes I'll stop and I'll just want to read it, study it, look at the commentaries, look at the Greek, look at the Hebrew, enjoy it, feast on it. And it becomes your divine fascination. And as you begin to get fascinated with him, and your mind gets turned to him very quickly. Your spirit starts responding. Oh, this is what life really looks like. This is what I'm called. This is how I'm supposed to live. And you'll, you'll discover that some of the dramas that might have been raging around your life no longer have the impact on you that they previously did. Because you are fighting now, not from a place of already being weighed down with anxiety and stress. You're, you're fighting from a place of peace, a place of rest in him. Hallelujah. So that when trouble comes, and you know, in this world we'll have trouble, but praise God, he has overcome the world. And when you're living in a place of peace by keeping your mind deliberately, disciplining yourself to have your mind stayed on him, then you can begin to really live and experience the supernatural peace that will be so attractive to the people around you. So that when something happens, your response is flowing from the very kingdom of God that you are living and experientially dwelling in day by day. Amen? You'll keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on him. How could you this week... Enlarge your mind being stayed on him. Enlarge your lifestyle so that you begin to incorporate habits, things that will deliberately adjust your thinking to enable the peace of God to manifest in your life. Now, I believe that if we would just in our everyday lives begin to build in asking the Lord... It seems so simple, but so many people forget to ask God about the things that they're stressing and worrying and being anxious about. I've often fallen into this trap. And there's an old hymn, what a friend I have in Jesus, all my sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. And then it goes on to say, oh, what needless burdens we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. And it's a simple truth, but an absolutely true word. We bear these unnecessary burdens. We carry around and get tired and stressed and weighed down because we have forgotten that we are not called to live like other people. 
We have a helper that others just don't yet know. And he wants to be more of a helper than we've ever actually fully experienced or realized. Hallelujah. If you'll begin to deliberately say, I'm going to spend some time every morning before I get out of bed. I want to ask him about the things that I'm worried about. I'm going to ask him. I'm going to lay it on him. And I'm going to thank him that he's taking care of it. You'll begin to watch the stress disappear. And then if you'll be deliberate to, you know, maybe get a journal and, and um, a, a pen and a, your Bible and just begin to open it up and read it. Write down what you read. Even if that's all you do, just write down what you read. Start to build a discipline in your life where you begin to go, every day I want to feed on the Word of God. Maybe deliberately change your habit that when you just take a rest and you have a quick drink and you'd normally scroll through Facebook, you know, maybe prioritize the word of God and, and open it up and say, no, I'm going to choose that. Hmm, that's good. Hallelujah. Watch and see the fruitfulness that will come in your life as you begin to get sovereign ideas, supernatural thoughts from the throne. You can still do the other things, but if you will prioritize him, seek first. It doesn't, see, it doesn't say that's all you are allowed to do. You're allowed to work and live and, and have fun and enjoy people. And, but he says if you will seek first the kingdom. <gasps> Set your mind on him, on things above, things that are pure and lovely and of a good report. If you'll seek first the kingdom, all these things will be added. Hallelujah. He's so wonderful. Well, Father, we say thank you for your word. Thank you, Father, for the kingdom, which is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Lord, let your people walk with a revelation of righteousness this week. The righteousness that comes from faith in Jesus. Let them walk with clean consciences this week. Let them be quick to recognize right from wrong and quick to repent when they've done something wrong and quick to receive by faith the cleansing of their, their conscience by your, your word and your blood. Let them be quick, Lord, to dialogue with you about anything that they're anxious about so that they could walk in perfect peace. Lord, comfort them. I decree and release the supernatural peace over God, every, over everyone listening right now. Let your supernatural peace just guard their hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, I pray. Amen. Hallelujah. I just want to give you an opportunity today. If you're here... And you know you don't actually have a relationship with God. I want to give you that opportunity to respond to him today. Now, the Bible says that you can believe in God, but even the devil believes in God. That doesn't make you in relationship with him. The Father gave you a free will. He created you in his very image with a capacity to choose. And you get to choose whether you respond to the mercy of God or not. Whether you acknowledge, I need your forgiveness. I need your salvation. I want to be in relationship with you. You see, he is love and true love is free. He doesn't force it upon you. It's not an idea that you just agree with. He is a person who is looking for your heart response. 
today, if you're here and you know in your heart, you need to respond to him. You want to say, yes, Lord, I want to respond to your mercy. I want to become born again. The Bible says that unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. That means being giving your heart, your life, your sin to him and receiving in exchange his new heart, his life and his righteousness. It is a divine exchange and it is a choice that you have been given the power to make. If you're here today and you say, yes, I want to make that choice. Let me see your hand. I want to pray for you. Is there anybody here? Yes, God bless you. That's beautiful. Anybody else? Yes, God bless you. Anybody else that says, yes, that's me. I want to pray for you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It's so powerful. So powerful. You know, the Bible says, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father who's in heaven. He's so proud of you. When you say, yes, I choose you. I choose to respond to your mercy. I want to get my life right with you. If you just raised your hand or if you want to join those ones who just raised their hand, would you quickly come? I want to just pray for you. Would you come? I want to pray for you. Would you come? So I want to pray for you. Give them a hand as they come. Anybody else want to come? Hallelujah. So beautiful. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Wow, Father, Father God, I thank you. Just after me, just pray this. Father God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Lord, I give you my life. I bring you all of my sin, everything I've ever done, and I lay it at the foot of your cross. Have mercy on me, Lord. Forgive me for all of my sin. I exchange it right now for your forgiveness. I exchange my life for your new life. My heart for your heart. Fill me with your spirit. Make me new on the inside. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Father, I just... I'm just going to pray for you guys right now. Why don't you reach your hands out and pray for these ones. Papa, come on, why don't you have a few of them come get around them. Come on, Trevor. Papa, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we just bless them. Holy Spirit, I'm asking that as they lie down, as they get up, Lord, as they walk out, and Lord, as they wake up tomorrow, that they would know and experience your love that they would truly know that you are for them, Lord, that you care about them, Lord, that you would cause them to be rooted and grounded in the truth, the love of God that passes understanding, Lord, that they would know you, they would know the truth, Lord, and they would walk in it. Father, thank you that you give them power right now to walk in freedom, to walk in truth. Lord, bless them indeed, encourage them. Lord, we celebrate with you, Father, and thank you, Lord, for their choosing, Lord, and we thank you that your choosing is upon them. We bless them in Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen.